And this is a story of uh, this guy who was known as the biggest town bully of all time. <laughs> nice. So uh, if you guys love town bullies. like my guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my dad. <laughs> this is your dad's story. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming of age tales. Oh, baby, do we have a special guest for you today? We got the better half of Phone Hags. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Very funny comedian. He's yeah. chasing his dreams. Yeah. He's trying to get those big laughs. It's my goal. Yes. Yeah. I think I've achieved my dreams by being here today. Yeah. Oh, thank you. We We're all just trolling each other for the hour. <laughs> this is a great podcast. Thanks. You're a great guest. Oh, yeah. We only had to have Nick Capper on 60 times <laughs> to convince him to come on. That's a lot, man. I've done almost 300 episodes with a dude and it's punishing <laughs> <laughs> oh man shout out to Kaffa our biggest fan oh, we oh, love, him. love him Absolutely. and today we're going Back to the United the States baby and we're going to the state of Kansas to talk mm. about Overland Park yes OP the second biggest city in Kansas oh that's What's from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's blowing my twine. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, I just want to hear you rattle off the Wikipedia facts because I, I don't know, like, I mean, history and stuff. I just know, you know, it's it's real God, guns, and uh, mm. Trump. Country. It's a weird, because it's like, so Overland Park's a part of Kansas, Kansas City? City, which is sort of in Missouri, though. Is that yeah. correct? So Kansas City is by basically. So it's by fence. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's Missouri and Kansas. Yeah, and we grew up like State Line Road on the was about five minute walk from my house, and it was uh we were on the Kansas. So, mm, 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 mm. so that's the it's the yeah it's a road that you know goes between the states and it's uh it's confusing as fuck yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and no one knows why it's like that and it's mm. annoying and um yeah i just say kansas city and then let people and, yeah, figure yeah. it out yeah right because yeah. Yeah. Well, surely you can say both right there's part of the cities in like a fair part of the cities in kansas yeah but you just refer to that by the suburb name like overland park or whatever yeah but overland it's all confusing overland park falls under johnson county which covers you know Multiple suburbs. Uh, so I'm sure you found out. Your <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, like, it is funny talking about Wikipedia facts because you do, sometimes I just Googled, like, Overland Park facts. And, like, I found, like, three pages where the facts themselves got, like, increasingly defensive, where they're just like, <laughs> Overland Park, it's for young, up-and-coming people. And then fact nine would be like, it actually rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, I was looking for, like, a history thing maybe, and they're just like, you should fucking move here, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens when you put in, like, a, a city or a town name, and it's always like, is dot, dot, dot a good place to live? Yeah. Yeah. But they're never like, it's fucked, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like, well, it's got a lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like top nine things to visit, and yeah. it's like the tourist center. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like town hall. It's like the most boring list. Oh, of there's like, a ball of yarn. Yeah, <laughs> a big ball big. of yarn. Well, yeah, I mean, right. While we're bringing up uh, lame, shitty Wikipedia facts, it does have Overland Park specifically. I think has the first uh, shopping center in America, which is a uh, the fucking what's it called? It's like the um the first one ever. Well, the first like one that's accessible by car like it is a designated shopping center right. so like, like you know like Ala Moana in, that we went to in Hawaii yeah this place is called Country Club Plaza 
Oh yeah, know, there's a like plaza a Spanish mission style. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, apparently okay. that's it, that claims to be the first one in the uh, US. Oh, Jeez. so there we go. What yeah, a tribute to consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why you should move there. Apparently, yeah. they got an old. It does look like I did one of my. I love to get on Google Maps and just walk around when we have a place, especially a place I haven't been. Stretch yeah. your legs. And this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stress the old point. Finger. Get some. Get some fresh air. Yeah. Mouse finger. I might just go for a stroll. On um, but this, like, it is fucking beautiful. Like, it looks like. What you would picture American suburbia if you yeah. grew up in the eighties watching eighties movies, right? right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of white people is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it exactly is right. it's, a point. Point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some it's It seems safe. Number yeah. <laughs> uh, eight on the list yeah. of reasons to move there is very well. The plaza is known for the 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 lights, the Christmas lights they do. It's like one of the big features. You know, come look at the Kansas City plaza lights uh and as a jew i always found it to be you know a targeted kind of hate crime (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean downtown kansas city does have a lot going on it's nice i mean everyone's sport obsessed and -hmm. actually like i was thinking about this on the drive here the uh most recent amazing thing to happen the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of a, a, a dynasty at the moment. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. winning a shit ton. But one of their biggest fans, and, like, we had uh, season tickets growing up. So, you know, you see, like, the crazy fans that sure. dress up the same every week. And yep. Did you come across this story? Yeah? You know what are I'm getting towards? About, is it the Wolfman? Yeah, the yeah, Wolfman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew as, Wolf. Yeah, Andrew, <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> Andrew Wolf went to Kansas City <laughs> and fucking fit in with the <laughs> raging alcoholics. <laughs> that go to every game. Yeah. Fuck, but send Wolfie to his state with a gun and he's, oh. he's gone in a day. <laughs> he uh, Actually, he was in the States recently and he was going through, you know, they have tent cities, which is just like blocks Jesus of homeless Christ. people. Yeah. And Wolfie's content was just walking through tent city, just like filming people. <laughs> and it's like, dude, just get the Hollywood sign in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you piece of shit, dude. <laughs> Man, all these homeless people are like, look at this fucking weird. <laughs> I like this unhinged idiot. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's like uh, just like a week away from he's so moving close. in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but the Wolfman, yeah. as you put it, because he would dress like a giant wolf. Cool. Right. And he yeah. would have like a Chiefs hat and then the Kansas City uh, jersey on. But uh, he's known as the Chiefsaholic and like had a big following on social media. Uh, was recently arrested for <laughs> robbing banks across the country. What? Wearing the wolf suit. That's yeah. how yeah. they got him. This is, is how everyone, well, he wasn't, I don't think he was wearing the wolf suit. <laughs> I wish he was. That would be amazing. Amazing. Striking on a blue moon. Yeah. But he's, he's got a big, like, massive balaclava over the head yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's little ears. Holding a sign that says Mahomes. <laughs> so he, I mean, you probably know uh, have the details more fresh in mind, but he was funding going to all the Chiefs games in every city, but they were able to track him down because the robberies were happening where the Chiefs were playing. <laughs> oh my God. Man, this would be a great like Safety Brothers movie yeah. or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Unreal. Am I missing anything with this? No, it's just, you've pretty much nailed it. It's yeah. crazy. There's a, I found a real long, great ESPN article about it because he was super popular. Like people love this guy. Yeah. And then for about like 
two, three months, he went missing on Twitter and stuff. And people were like, where's Chiefsaholic? He's the man. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, in addition to, like, going to every Chiefs games, he would give, like, shirts away. He would buy tickets for people. He's been – he like, he took his mom to a bunch of games. Yeah, he's he took random fans yeah. to other games. Yeah. Exactly, briefcase. But, like, he also <laughs> – like, ink and stuff. <laughs> yeah. he also he's at just, the concession stand with one of those bags. <laughs> <laughs> He also like he like was famous online for putting on like crazy like thirty eight thousand dollar bets on like Mahomes to be MVP and like the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and stuff, and he had uh, like based on his Twitter like his persona was like he uh, like a self made man who like traveled the country making bets, but he also like ran his own company or something like that. And none of that shit was true. Like, right. he was just, like, a guy who was kind of, like, transitory with his parents. Like, went from place to place. Uh, a history of, like, stealing stuff. One in particular was spoon holders from Target, which, like, I don't know what you're going to do with that. <laughs> various... Uh, Trying to fence some spoon holders. <laughs> various overland... Like, i got to start robbing some banks. <laughs> this, this is not yeah. very lucrative. It's a practice run. Yeah. Various kind of, like... Uh, like living in a car in like car parks of um, restaurants and businesses and like a lot of public nuisance stuff. And then, yeah, he got done for the bank robbery and he went to jail. Here's a gr great quote from him that I found though. Uh, where was it? Because he ended up, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was in jail and he watched the AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals on a little TV outside his cell. And there was a quote from him saying, you can put the wolf in a cage, but he's still going to howl for his team. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. He was working on that one for a while. I mean, he was like, I'm going to get a call on that. i got to come up with a great clip. But actually. the thing is, I don't know if anyone still knows what he looks like because in all the pictures of him, he's in the full wolf costume, right? Yeah, yeah. There's not there's there's a not proper much wolf head. It's yeah, like, wolf oh, head. Yeah, it's like a full costume. That's yeah. so cool. And like, so because Kansas City, known for our wolves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to dress up in a full headdress and everything. Yeah. That's not going to go still across do. well. So oh, no. Kansas City has not changed from the Chiefs yet. You know, other teams, obviously, yeah. the Redskins have changed. The, the Cleveland Indians have changed. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Chiefs have uh, remained steadfast in their uh, <laughs> uh, cultural appropriate <laughs> and before every game, uh, they get like some D-list celebrity to wear the headdress and bang a giant drum, and oh, everyone, wow. everyone does the okay. tomahawk chop. That's like a publicist nightmare for that yeah. celebrity. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's every every home game, it goes off. Fuck, if you get offered that, would you say yes? Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's so easy to get you. So easy to sell out your morals. Oh, I, was talking, I was talking about this with soccer someone, like, because uh, one of the captain of my favorite team just got like the 700,000 a week to move to that Saudi league. Uh -huh. yeah, but he's right. also like a staunch public, like LGBTQI advocate. And the people were like, how could he? And I was like, 700,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you do that for two years, you come back, start a charity and be like, just forget about the Saudi shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But I wouldn't even need the money. I just want to bang the drum. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, I got my own headdress actually. I got my own home. <laughs> Mike just being like, wave the feet. <laughs> so there's not even a, they're, they're not even, there's not even a push to get them to change. Like, is it a slow like they, the only beating drum? Well, I think the only thing that's been changed, and it's just because of a corporate buyout, was uh, the stadium was Arrowhead Stadium, yeah. and now it's like 
G-E-H-A Field or something, <laughs> yeah. like some insurance company. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So even that, I think they that only changed in the past year or so. Mm. And I don't think it's because of any moral considerations. No, exactly. Yeah. I think it's just because... Just the insurance company paid more. And yeah. Like, listen, you know, an Indian fund name versus, you know, $100 million. Yeah. Let's go with that. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty crazy... Like, so you used to go, right? Because it, it's like... I, I was reading an article. Like, was it atmosphere insane? Like, is it? It's one of the best like live sporting experiences in the world. There's that, and then the Jayhawks, which is the college basketball team. Mm. They play in Allen Fieldhouse, and those two Arrowhead State. I, I'm, you know, adamant. I'm calling it Arrowhead. <laughs> <State. laughs> uh, Gihaw Field, whatever the fuck, and uh, Allen Fieldhouse. Like, to still, you know. Uh, lived all cities all over the world and try to see as much live sports as possible. Mm. Still like the two the best. best. I'm biased. I, but, I yeah. read an article about Arrowhead Field where in the 90s or something like that, um, uh, John Elway was playing Broncos versus um, uh, yeah, the Kansas okay. City to Chiefs. And the atmosphere was so loud, yeah. the referee stopped the game and warned the crowd if they kept making so much noise that he would give a penalty against a, a, a timeout penalty. Like it's the first time it's ever like that. That was so loud. And Elway was trying to like make calls and he stopped and he's like, I can't yeah. hear anything. And uh -huh. the referee, and it's, there's a video clip of him going, everybody, if you make, if you keep making so much noise to yeah. 80,000 people or whatever, like yeah. that's how yeah. crazy the atmosphere is. It's like is. a Jamie Kurt gig. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't stop and booing Jamie. <laughs> he's, he's your 50 bucks man. <laughs> The refs of the Canberra Raiders game have singled me out. Yeah. Said, you shut the fuck up. Never the whole crowd. Yeah, I was back. I went back uh, last year, and we went to a Bills-Kansas City Chiefs and playing the Bills, which is turning into this big rivalry because mm -hmm. we always face each other in the playoffs. And it is legit just the biggest, drunkest men you've ever seen in your life <laughs> screaming for three hours. Yeah. Like, And you just accept it. You're like, yeah. all right, well, this, this dude's going to be bellowing in my ear <laughs> like it's John Goodman in a Coen Brothers. <laughs> for three hours, Do you get the blokes who paint the letters on. Yeah. And all, oh man, that rocks. Yeah, full full paint and letters, and then I mean, you get the Wolfman, you know. Yeah. And that is our mascot for some reason. Maybe I, I should know this, but the mascot of the Chiefs is the Kansas City Wolf. So that's why he dresses as the Wolfman. Right, okay. But I don't know why. We're yes, not. It's not a, a wolf thing. populated area, as far as I know. But. Why not? Wolves yeah. are cool. Yeah. 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 Wolves are sick. I like it because American sports, more than any, have that subset where like online on social media, especially on Twitter, you can constantly see video clips of just like cunts turning around and smashing each other. Yeah. Have really? you seen it? It's all over Twitter. Where I mean, someone punching will, each other. Like yeah, where someone fighting. will like, you know, like be cheering too loud and someone will be like, can you be quiet? And then just a fist in the face <laughs> and they're down. Jeez. And then like 50 people traveling down. Yeah. Well, Jeez. that's when I was, uh, last year I was in Chicago. We went to a Bears game and their fans are out of control. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the most fucking savage. Yeah. More savage than a chief. <laughs> but uh, they were turning on each other because the bears suck and they were losing badly and so it rather than fighting the opposing team's fans who were there in droves as well they just started fucking punching on with each other yeah nice. and i'd taken my fiance i was like first nfl game you know the, oh, and she was like this is horrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah fucking hell and the college so your college team you said was that 
uh, basketball. The, the, yeah, yeah, the Jayhawks. The Jayhawks. And yeah. they're huge because we don't have a professional basketball team. Right, okay. The closest thing was the Chicago Bulls growing up. OKC hadn't really taken off yet. So, yeah, and obviously it was the Jordan era yeah, and cool, all that. Cool. So, but, yeah. The college, college, it always blows my mind that college sport is so mm. big over there. Like, you see some of those, like, the highest attended it's bigger than any game we have. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like eighty five thousand, and it's like a dude who's like twenty two, and he's probably not even going to turn professional. He's yeah. just like at college, and he's got all these people, and he's not getting paid for it. And yeah, it's such a wild mm. situation. And they don't. I mean, because the guys I grew up with uh, in the states. So I went to uni at UWA in Perth, mm-hmm. and they started a baseball team, and I was like, yeah, I know how to play baseball. So I was playing baseball for UWA, yeah. and I told my buddies back home, and they were like fucking what <laughs> you're playing college ball <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah man i got real good when I can we come to a game don't worry about that yeah, actually yeah. it's probably sold out yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's a there's a t-ball stick <laughs> yeah so it is it's huge business over there and mm-hmm. the atmosphere at any college game is out of control it's wild yeah. stuff yeah, I got man, that's like bucket list shit for me. I gotta go to one of those. Get, get picked. Is that get picked. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I gotta start working out. I gotta get to play some college ball. Yeah. Right now, uh, oh, fuck. Imagine just a linebacker coming at me. <laughs> I would disintegrate. <laughs> Before he hit me, I would disintegrate. Uh, I got a uh, bit of a historical character. And you mentioned it up top, it's a lot of gods, god guns and that kind of um, you know, heartland America bullshit. Yeah. This is a woman um, from, she was born 1846. I don't know if you would have heard of her or if she's big, but the story kind of moves all around camp, uh, Kansas. She's born Carrie Amelia Moore, um, eight, like I said, 1846. Moved around a bit with the family. They eventually settle in Kansas City in that sort of area during the Civil War. Uh, her first husband, Charles Gloyd, great name. Mm. Um, he died of alcoholism when he was fairly young which is a bit of foreshadowing where this story is mm-hmm. going. Chief Saholic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a chronic Chief Saholic. Um, in 1874, she marries David Nation and changes her name, good name to the prophetic Carrie A. Nation. Yeah. Okay. So that's her name, Carrie A. Nation. Uh, and she seems to have taken that as a bit of a sign from God. She would later describe herself as a bulldog running alongside the feet of Jesus, barking at what he doesn't like. <laughs> And she, okay. uh, and she claimed a divine ordination to promote temperance by destroying oh, bars. Okay. Uh, so the nations eventually, they moved to Medicine Lodge, Kansas, where he was a minister and she became involved in religious and civic activities. She organized a local branch of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, uh, which is a massive, obviously, temperance organization. And she campaigned for enforcement of the state's liquor laws. And it's pretty much those two organizations. So it's um, Women's Christian Temperance Union and the Anti-Saloon League, which I think was in Ohio or thereabouts, that uh, more or less brought about um, prohibition. But it was like a, a campaign from the mid-1800s to when it was passed, I think, in 1918 or something. And and they would just deliver block votes. And no, like at no point was it popular. But, they, yeah. but they would, any candidate who was like, oh, I, I like a drink every now and then, they'd be like, well, we're getting all the votes for this guy who's like, I hate drinking, even oh. though he would still drink. Like oh. everyone was hypocritic about it. Right, okay. Um, so her methods, uh, they escalated from simple protest to serenading saloon patrons with hymns accompanied by a hand organ. 
So just like, like a, just a vibe hang, or what? Like so, just a vibe killer, you know, right. hang killer, yeah. oh, professional okay. hang killer. She's going into bars and doing this. She's going to bars while people are trying to have a drink, and right. she's like, I love Jesus. <laughs> and they're like, I gotta go home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so my life out. Uh, uh, That's so, almost more annoying than like when a stand-up gig pops. Yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe she should have tried that. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey guys, sorry to bug your dinner, but we've actually got free stand-up. What's up with Uber? Thanks, I've got plans now. <laughs> she would have cleared some front bars. Yeah. Uh, she would also greet bartenders with pointed remarks such as, Good morning, destroyer of men's souls. Oh, so she's pretty full on. Yeah, um, you look yourself in the mirror after that. She Dude. started to uh, she started to escalate a bit in 1894 when her and her home defenders, she called her little group, they conducted their first raid at a local pharmacy. Um, so Nation led the group into the store and announced, uh, the ladies of the WCTU want to see what you have in here. And then she, um, grabs one of the drinks and she goes, women, this is whiskey. And they roll the barrel out onto the streets, smash it open, light it on fire. Fucking hell. Uh, and then she also like on the side, it wasn't all alcohol. She ran like a hotel where she took in like downtrodden and marginalized people. And she would, you know, regardless of race, which was raising a lot of eyebrows back in that sort of time mm. so she was doing some of this good stuff and it was all kind of wrapped up in her activism together um she would like go around the kansas collecting clothes and stuff from the needy but she would pressure storekeepers to donate additional groceries for the needy uh lest she step onto the street and publicly denounce them as thieving gouges of widows and orphans so she's a bit she's an all-or-nothing kind of lady yeah, yeah. i guess we could she say seems a bit she's a dedicated yeah. yeah she she herself was kicked out of multiple churches <laughs> which is like like congregations would be like we hate this bitch she right, stop yeah. fucking singing and letting did she have a following though did she, she have had a flock? Flock. she had a gang yeah okay. she had a little gang of um yeah she called them the home defenders um because also at this time we should say like it wasn't that she's that people would go to the pub and have a few beers people were drunk fucking constantly yeah. and like everybody was just blind because this by the time she's active it's what 1910 late or late 1800s to like uh, early 1900s. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, guys would work, drink, come would, home. And they would drink hard liquor and they would just beat the shit out of their wives. Like, it was, and her husband died of alcoholism. Like, it was yeah. just rampant, right? Yeah. Um, so, there's a bit of that context. But she, the reason she was kicked out of this church is because she started arguing with the preacher because he called her neighbor an adulteress, right? So, like, if, and without any real evidence, effectively, he's up there and she's like, that bitch is a whore. And uh, the congregation were like, how do you know? And he was like, I don't know. Some guy told me. And uh, it turned out that the guy told her was her alcoholic husband. Right, and so okay. Carrie Nation was like, fuck you. She's not a whore. And they start arguing. And he's like, get out of my church. Um, so she starts getting a bit dissatisfied with the results of her efforts because it's not really going anywhere. Um, she began to pray to God for direction. On June 5, 1900, she felt she received her answer in the form of a heavenly vision. Uh, so this is her description. The next morning I was awakened by a voice which seemed to me to be speaking in my heart these words, go to Kiowa. And my hands were lifted and thrown down and the words, I'll stand by you. The words, go to Kiowa, were spoken in a murmuring musical tone, low and soft, but I'll stand by you was very clear, positive and emphatic. I was impressed with a great inspiration. The interpretation was very plain. It was this, take something in your hands and throw at these places in Kiowa and smash them. Mm-hmm. So, this is Kiowa, 1900. Mm. Um, this comes from a, a 
book that I got most of this stuff from. Um, so direct quote, for weeks before the vigilante rampage that would make her a household name, 53-year-old Carrie Amelia Nation quietly walked the roadsides near the successful hotel she owned and operated in Medicine Lodge, Kansas. Deep in contemplation, she secured the ground, picking up palm-sized rocks and brick bats. Purposeful and deliberative, she smuggled home those that had the right feel and heft, wrapping each in an old newspaper to look like innocent parcels. Uh, and she called the rocks smashes, which I think is a great little detail. Right. Pick it up and collecting a little smashes. So she's yeah. going to get a bunch of rocks. She's getting a bunch. And then on the morning of June 7, 1900, she walks into the illegal bar of a Mr. Dobson, whose brother was the county sheriff. And she says, Mr. Dobson, I told you last spring to close this place. You did not do it. Now I have come down with another remonstrance. Get out of the way. I do not want to strike you, but I'm going to break this place up. And then she turns to all the blokes who are drinking the bar. This is at eight in the morning, by the way. Uh, so all these blokes are getting blind in the bar and she goes, men, I have come to save you from a drunkard's fate. And then she basically lets loose. This is a quote. Hard and fast, she hurled bricks and stones at the whiskey bottles, glass mugs and tumblers and the giant mirror behind the bar. The men, confused and terrified, huddled in the corner. When she ran out of her own projectiles, she grabbed pool balls and billiard cues to smash up the room. Fucking hell. So she walks in and like tazzy devils this yeah. place. Like God completely damn fucks it up. She attacked six bars in total that day. And she had a... Um, face off with the authorities basically going well they're the criminals yeah like, arrest them they were doing something illegal and then the mayor and like all the authorities are sort of sitting there and they don't really know what to do uh and so the marshal the mayor and this city attorney all talk it over and they decide to let her go and she just instantly becomes a national celebrity um and they ended up prosecuting a bunch of the speakeasy owners. so it, so it worked right so that was her initial um and it was a speakeasy because prohibition was in well there or, were there were yeah there were various like state liquor laws and stuff that people just nobody everyone turned a blind eye right, to it, okay, right? but okay, they were yeah. especially in tr like dry counties yeah mm -hmm. it's all the like country protestant people and but in the cities where it was all like catholic immigrants and stuff you could still pretty much get a drink sure um so then this is uh so then mrs nation that's another quote miss nation then set her sights on the illegal saloons of wichita at eight sharp on the morning of Wednesday, December 28, she sauntered into the bar at the Cary Hotel, the most luxurious lodging in the city. I decided to go to the Cary for several reasons, she said. It was the most dangerous, being the finest. The low doggery will take the low and keep them low, but these so-called respectable ones will take the respectable, make them low, and then kick them out. Uh, the drunks apparently fled when Cary started hurling rocks at the opulent glass mirror and threw a life-size oil painting of a buck-naked Cleopatra across from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that no one's like standing up and like yeah. no no drunk guy yeah, like yeah. someone's had ten beers and some woman comes in start throwing rocks They're and no one scattering. is like you know I'm gonna fucking come and <laughs> sort this chick out like, it's so I also love like cowering in the corner like, yeah she's just a vibe killer really. yeah yeah <laughs> she's she's like, just punning. let them have a good time <laughs> but I love, so I love how like Drew relates to it because he's he's a hang killer himself sometimes going to bars and everyone's like telling the story like she's a hero yeah yeah. <laughs> um, I also love the decor of this place, like sports buff, but it's Cleopatra in the nude. Oh, and they yeah. go like, sure. Also, a lot of these painting. places got to get rid of these full-length mirrors. They yeah, love a yeah, mirror, hey. sure. Uh, the shell-shocked bartender didn't even move as she brandished an iron rod and smashed all the bottles in the mahogany sideboards. She then set the bar flies at the saloon across the street to fight uh, to flight in a similar fashion. By eight thirty a.m., she was behind bars, having done three thousand dollars in damage. Uh, Afterwards, her husband, David, said to her, you know, you could do a lot more damage with a hatchet rather than a rock. And um, this is probably my favorite little line from this book. It goes, um, that was the most sensible thing you've ever said since I married you, she laughed. 
Within a year, David filed for divorce. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, She decides to go to the capital after this, Topeka, uh, to talk directly to the governor. And on the way, she stopped at a town called Enterprise um, at the request of uh, local women's groups. Uh, This is, quote, Enterprise saloon keeper John Schilling knew that chivalry and decorum prevented a man from laying a finger on Mrs. Nation, even as she wrecked his illegal bar, loudly berated him, and shamed his trade from the street quarter. But that didn't stop his wife, Belle Schilling, from walking up and punching Carrie square in the face. There you go, catfight. Let's do it. Saying, <laughs> saying nothing, Carrie staggered to a nearby butcher. She emerged holding a chunk of raw beef over her swollen black eye and kept right on preaching. Four prostitutes paid by the Schillings then kicked Nation to the gutter, pulled out her, pulled out her hair and beat her bloody with sticks and whips. Oh, wow. Wow, so okay. Some so these guys have figured out we can't socially yeah. bash this woman, yeah. but we can we pay, can pay prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> to beat her up. Yeah. So they've fucking figured out a game. This there is Deadwood shit. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at this point, reputation's fairly mixed, I think we can say. Um, so when she arrives, but she's like, like I said, she's a national celebrity at this point. And when she arrived at Topeka, there was a huge crowd of curious onlookers there to like basically cop a look at the famous Carrie Nation. Um, they followed her around town waiting for her to smash up something. And she just walks around like, <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's on at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, look, I'm not that good. I'm going to bomb this gig. Yeah. Just, um, she walked around warning saloon owners to close up. And uh, the wife of one of them hit her on the side of the head with a broom, which knocked her bonnet off. Um, and it was reported that as she bent over to pick the bonnet, uh, this lady, quote, smote upon that portion of the anatomy which chanced to be uppermost. What the what? fuck does that mean? Your she ass. kicked her up the ass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she just booed her up the ass, so she went headfirst into the gutter. Uh, over the next 10 years until her death in 1911, Carrie Nation was arrested 32 separate times. Once she was apprehended under the dome of the U.S. Capitol after haranguing senators for representing the interests of brewers and distillers over their own constituents, uh, at least that arrest was orderly. In Kentucky, a bar a barkeeper smashed the 58-year-old grandmother over the head with a chair. In London, she was pelted with rotten eggs. She's going abroad. There we go. So I can't like. Is she? heralded as a vigilante of sorts or is she disliked because she's fucking ruining a good time all over the place well, it's a weird she has mix a, yeah. she has kind of an odd legacy which i'll get to at the end um coney island a hall of peanut a hail of peanuts and hot dogs preceded an angry new york lynch mob she tried she was apparently tr- attempted to like lynch her multiple times by like huge crowds of people right um persistent death threats the all hot this. dog part sounds all right though yeah swollen them whole um she was ready f- to die for the cause and she was um fully embraced the dangers of the activism so this says um one time one bar ke- uh, bartender, sweating red with rage, once pushed his pistol into her temple. She brushed him aside. I'm not afraid of your gun. Maybe it would be a good thing for a saloon keeper to kill Carrie Nation. Um, so she's just like, fucking do it. Kind Damn. Of yeah, but, um, this is a bad and she trip. died in Leavenworth in Kansas in oh, 1911, yeah. um, which I think, is that like Northwest Kansas City? Yeah, and it's, uh, I don't know if it still is, but the one of the biggest prisons in okay. the country. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. where, I'll, that's name's so familiar. Um, but yeah, she died in 1911. She and her just naturally, uh, yeah, I think so. Just sure. old, like also, cop a look at her. So she used to be described in newspapers. This is obviously before you know television and stuff. So she was always described as being like six foot one, just like a hulking woman throwing cops away, just smashing yeah. anybody. And she's pretty scary looking, like 
Oh, wow. She's a, she's a terrifying lady. She is. But in actual picture. fact, she was five foot. Like, she was a tiny little thing, but she was just like a fucking... Seriously? Yeah, a little stocky uh, axe-swinging maniac. Um, but yeah, her legacy's kind of mixed. So um, her home in Medicine Lodge was named a National Historic Landmark in 76. So you can go visit it if you're ever in Kansas. Um, and there's a sick band I found actually from Wichita called Carry Nation and the Speakeasy. Oh, yeah. They're I like a I've folk punk. Like I, I listened to the whole album and I'll send you a track to close this um, episode out on. Um, my favorite though was uh, in 1977, Gary Dahl, inventor of the pet rock. <laughs> <laughs> Used Famed inventor. <laughs> Genius scientist <laughs> uh, beyond his <laughs> generation. Put googly eyes on the rock. <laughs> yeah. He used his proceeds from this fad to renovate and open a bar in Los Gatos, California, which he jokingly named Carrie Nation Saloon. <laughs> so he was like, fuck oh, yeah, yeah, I'm using the my pet rock money. To yeah, she would have thrown it through the fucking window. <laughs> That's a thing. And I did, I did have a hypothetical, but we've already kind of touched on it because I was going to you know, put this to the panel. Yeah. You're sitting there at a bar, yeah, trying to have a quiet drink. What is worse? Carrie Nation walks in and starts smashing it up. Yeah. Or a guy walks in with a mic stand and says, hey, we're starting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I'd know. prefer Carrie Nation. Imagine this little five-foot whirling dervish comes in smashing it up. It'd be fun. It'd it's be a great story. Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. Surely yep. she can't smash every bottle in there. So it's just like funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. And and her whole was like, I have nothing against the drinkers. So it's not like she's knocking dudes around she's just like i'm gonna smash the bar that would be a a spectacle i mean i like a bar fight at the best of times just watching it's nothing funnier than seeing like not yeah it's a bit of commotion in a pub it's like i'm telling that story for weeks yeah and the fact that you know no one's gonna get up and fight her and you know there's it's just her fucking the place up yeah 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 four (laughs) prostitutes whips i don't know where they got these whips i thought this was gonna lead to something and that's how the ufc started You know? well, that's more or less like her and and this bloke Wayne Wheeler, who was the head of Anti Saloon League. Between those two, they basically got prohibition. I yeah. can't. Prohibition is the weird. Like it's crazy to think that that nationally passed in the yeah. US. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that the whole country were like no more. Well, he speakeasies and bootlegging alcohol is my dad's side of the family. Like <laughs> how they made their money. The, oh, really? Like, yeah, the history of my dad's family is wow. illegal, illegal alcohol trade. That's so cool. JFK, yeah. too. JFK's old man was a rum runner. That was yeah. a really? big scandal that everyone used to call. Yeah, you say, no good Irish rum runner. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, because it was, but like, although, because it, it was illegal nationally, but there was a lot of places that just didn't give a shit. Right? Well, it was effective. It was decriminalized. Like, it's, you could. You know, it was not illegal to drink alcohol or, and you could possess it for your own personal use or for medicinal uses. Mm. So, so like, yeah. apparently there were, like, doctors' um, pamphlets from pharmacies and stuff. They would send out, like, a list of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've it, got ADHD. It, so no, I didn't drink yeah. alcohol. Oh. No, not, the, not the patient <laughs> looking for a drink. The doctor looking to sell the drink would put would hand out pamphlets, send them out, and people would be like, oh, this is a medical pamphlet, and you'd open up and read, like, a cocktail menu. Like, oh, do I want a Bloody oh, Mary or a fucking... Right, uh, I need... Yeah, a right, I need an old-fashioned to treat my headache sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. Okay, fair enough. So man. it was pretty much out in the open. But it did start, like, Al Capone and national, like, right. organised crime and shit. Because you said 
said when she went to Topeka as well, and I'm sure you came across this in your research, is that that's where the Westboro Baptist Church is from. Oh, and no. So that was like only an hour away from where I grew up. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we didn't even we used to see Are they them. the God hates? Yeah. yeah. God hates Ooh. what, Drew? What do they hate? <laughs> Drew, what do they hate? <laughs> yeah. And we used to see them because they, they would fellas. picket military oh, funerals. You yeah, yeah. So you knew about them before they became like a big thing? Yeah. Oh, I was there when. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah. Oh, I was in there. I was yeah, dude. Before they were cool, that's how my mum's side made money. Protesting funerals, she made the the signs. Yeah, but it was always so weird because as a kid, I didn't understand they're picketing funerals. Like it seemed, it is insane, no matter what. But like they were picketing funerals because it's a nation that like condoned. Um, a gay lifestyle, yeah. so they were showing up at military funerals. <laughs> like it was a long stretch. Yeah, you know, yeah. In that part of the country, what a way to get yourself offside. Like everybody hated them, except from what I can gather, them, like yeah. the whole family. The, yeah. And there's a crazy because um, I saw the um, Louis Theroux documentary on them. There's a couple, but there's a guy who's a who is a before that documentary. There's another documentary. He's a cameraman who goes to film a documentary about him, and he ends up joining them legitimately mm. and his name's like steve drain or something like that and then he rises to be like a leader in the church yeah and he's like he is that because the patriarch died and then he is effectively the leader now and he's yeah. a guy who went there to document them it's crazy crazy that you would like fairly if you're born into it but just to turn up as an adult and be like actually i like what these guys yeah. it's a pretty good time god right? does hate yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think he got there and they're like uh you know he wanted to document it and they're like how about this child bride he's like hold on a minute you guys, <laughs> this you guys got some pretty good ideas <laughs> <laughs> i've got a story which like because i love this part of the uh, america because it like as you're saying it sounds like what you think of as the wild west right like you know what i mean like mm. 1900 but this is a story that happens in the in the 80s but it reads like mike old. goldstein was born yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a comedy legend yes exactly right <laughs> and then it finalized with your big uh, triumphant uh, appearance on the community <laughs> notice board <laughs> podcast that's nice. the big third act but uh it um it starts in uh, this guy called ken mcelroy he was born in the 30s um but he was born in overland park and he sort of family moved around a little bit, but then he settled in a town a little bit north of Kansas City in Skidmore, Missouri, um, which is a town of like 300 people. And this is a story of uh, this guy who was known as the biggest town bully of all time. <laughs> so nice. if you guys love this town bullies. like Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is my dad. <laughs> this is your dad's story. Um, but this guy, this cat, Ken Mackerel, was 14. He, le uh, he left school um, and uh, he was at a construction site and a piece of concrete fell on his head. And everyone thinks that this, like, it caused him chronic pain and Everyone speculates this is what was responsible for his erratic behavior for years, right? Like that he, dude who had the railroad spike. Uh, yeah, yeah, Phineas yeah. Gage. Phineas Gage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, no one thought much of it at the time, you know, a bit of concrete falls on your head or whatever, but, you know, looking back. Uh, so anyway, he settled in, he grew up, he settled into a life of petty crime. Um, <laughs> the roadrunner's like, suck it up. Yeah, <laughs> come on, it's a bit of TNT, you know. Um, cattle hustling, theft. So he's a, he's, he's a bit of an imposing guy. Um, this better lead to he starts robbing banks in a wolf costume. <laughs> 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 uh, similar fucking makeup of this guy, but he was at five. He was 
120 kilos, big imposing guy. He had black dyed hair and mutton chops, and he thought of himself as a bit of an Elvis lookalike to sort of paint the picture, okay? He had random homemade tattoos. He had the letters Ken, K-E-N on his fingers, right? Like, he's uh-huh. just the weirdest guy, but he was- uh, Just Ken. Just yeah. Ken, uh, like K-E-N, yep. He had two spare fingers there, you know, whatever. So he was a bit of a bit of a weird guy, but he was a big imposing bull, and he was just like a just a born bully, right? So- For two decades, he was involved in this town, 300 people of like theft of grain, gasoline, alcohol, antiques, livestock. But he kept avoiding um, conviction because every time they charged him, um, he would just intimidate the witnesses, right? So he would just intimidate them. He would just stalk them around town and then he would get off on it. And he just did that for like 20 years. He also had a really good defense attorney um, who was apparently a lawyer for the Kansas City mob, which is like one of the bigger mafia outfits um in you know in the u.s at the time so he had this like mob lawyer so this this guy's a really bad guy like he he's he met his he had he had 10 children with different women he's one of his his last wife he met when she was 12 he was 35 the parents the parents opposed the relationship (laughs) (laughs) mcelroy turned up at their house burnt it to the ground and shot the family dog Jesus. Oh, they begrudgingly Jesus. agreed to the marriage. Uh, she <laughs> that, that won him over. That won him over. <laughs> They're like, well, he is a go-getter. Um, we always did want to just camp for the time. <laughs> yeah, nobody liked that dog anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the dog was old. It was expensive. <laughs> the dog needed to be shot. Um, so uh, then his wife, the, uh, you know, the new 12-year-old bride, well, she, she was 14 uh, eventually, and then she became pregnant. At 14, dropped out of school and went to live with McElroy and live with also his second wife was still hanging around. He then divorced. She's 16. So he he hadn't married this one yet, but he he divorced his second wife and married the the 14-year-old in order to escape statutory rape charges, which like if you marry them, it's fine apparently. Okay. What a loophole. Yeah, Yeah. a real good loophole for these guys. They're like, hold on, I just have to marry. So uh, then basically she- don't want to settle down. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. 16 days after she, she gives birth. Um, 16 days after both her and the second wife flee to the parents' house, uh, the one who begrudgingly agreed. Um, he tracks them down, brings them back home, and then later goes back, burns their house down again, and shoots their new dog. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, no. <laughs> right? The, the dad just put the last roof tile on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we got the new dog. We just got a fucking t- a train to not piss inside. Oh. Bang. So he, this is so then he starts sort of real like, at this time until that happened he was just like thieving and he was just like a run amok or whatever 76 1976 he was caught on the property of a local farmer um, on this guy's property um, Romain Henry Henry confronted McElroy told him to leave McElroy turned shot him in the stomach with a shotgun um, twice bang bang right Henry um, uh, Henry survived and McElroy was charged with assault with intent to kill McElroy denied he was there at all. Um, it dragged on. Uh, McElroy stalked him, harassed him, intimidated him, parked outside his home at least a hundred times, according to Henry's wife. Just parked out the front, um, just all night. And at the trial, two local raccoon hunters who were friends with McElroy testified they were with McElroy the entire day, and he was acquitted of the crime. Right. Fuck. So 1980. So four years later. So he's doing all this stuff. This is all again a town of three hundred people, right? So everyone knows this guy by now. <laughs> yeah, McElroy's eight. Don't buy a dog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. McElroy's eight-year-old daughter was in a local grocery store. It was owned by a seven-year-old bloke called Ernest Boehm Camp. 
She tried to steal a candy bar. The, the local clerk yelled at her and told her to put it back. Mm. News got back to McElroy. This would go well. Then the news got back to McElroy that his daughter had been sort of chastised. He began stalking and harassing the Bowen Camp family, threatening them, trying to intimidate them for, the, for the, having the gall to yeah. tell his daughter not to steal. This continued for eight weeks and it escalated into McElroy driving around the back of the grocery store in the alley, um, jumping out and confronting Bowen Camp and shooting him in the neck with a shotgun. 70-year-old man, right? Bowen Camp survived. He was arrested and charged with attempted murder. He continued to stalk and harass the Bowen Camp family, sitting outside the house all night, um, randomly firing shots in the air every hour outside this house of the 70-year-old bloke that he shot. Uh, and What's crazy to me about this so far is just because like he's twice not managed to kill the person. Yeah. His title has been downgraded from serial killer just to town bully. Yeah, 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 what, yeah. A, what a menace. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow, he's got a slingshot in his back pocket. Yeah. 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 I don't know how he shot. He's literally had four shots at people like this guy's close tried range. To kill people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When's so, he going to egg one of their houses <laughs> or something? <laughs> also, when's he going to call someone like a fat turd with a micro? Where? Well, and this is 1976? 70, uh, 77, 70. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, the previous story, you're like, uh, whatever late 1800s that's right. you know you're like yeah wild west shit what but this is like yeah that's right is- nixon was in president <laughs> yeah. it's like so weird and people are like ah he's kind of annoying ah, man. Bully. so he eventually gets charged with this for attempted murder he bullies and intimidates the local prosecutor who resigns um the new prosecutor three years out of law school was appointed and is like what is this shit and they show him the rap sheet and this guy's never been convicted of a crime uh-huh. he has been uh, literally arrested like this and charged. The worst. He'll point Hun- at your jumper, and then when you look down, he'll <laughs> flick you right in the nose. <laughs> so this new guy, this new prosecutor, is like, we got to get him to fucking. And he's other. His lawyer's so good. This mob lawyer, and he's got ties, and he's bribing the jury. So instead of charging him with attempted murder, he's char- They charge him with uh, grievous like damage, assault, effectively. Um, just to get him fucking arrested, just to get him convicted. And finally, for the first time in 20 years, this guy's been arrested for 53 felonies and got off every single time. Finally, he gets uh, convicted and he's sentenced to two years in jail. Um, but he files a motion to appeal and the judge frees him on bail bond awaiting his appeal. Uh, immediately after being released on bail, he goes to the local tavern, the one pub in town, the D&G Tavern, with a uh, M1 rifle with a bayonet attached and made and graphic threats to anyone who want to hear that what he was going to do to Bo Bowen Camp. So he's sitting there. He's on bail, waiting his appeal. He's sitting there. Uh, the the prosecutor hears that he's got a gun in public, and one of his bail conditions is not have a fucking gun. Yeah. He goes down, arrests him, uh, and then says you're breaching your bail conditions. Uh, but he gets released pending a trial on the bail hearing, which is pushes his whole appeal back so the whole circumstance of that is he's out for longer right instead of having so an appeal, smart instead of having an appeal in a month he gets and then he gets arrested and the, uh, the that gets pushed back before his bail healing which is in six weeks the whole town are just so sick of this by now so they basically say wait what the what is going on how do we deal with this so basically they call a town meeting to deal with McElroy, 60 residents show up and they're like, what do we do? The local sheriff- Imagine getting booked to open that gig. Like, <laughs> yeah. You and three of your mates have to do five minutes <laughs> each up top of the town. The local sheriff suggests formation of a neighborhood watch just for McElroy. They're like, what do we do about McElroy? We've got to fucking sort this out. <laughs> the sheriff leaves the meeting and as it's wrapping up, word gets spread around the meeting that McElroy's down at the D&G Tavern buying beers again, right? 
the entire 60 people walk down the street to the tavern. McElroy's buying a six pack of beer. His wife's in the car, the four, at the time 14, however she is now, waiting in the car, smoking a cigarette. He walks out of his car, flips off the crowd, gets in the driver's seat. His wife turns over a shoulder, looks out the back rearview mirror and sees a guy with a rifle. Bang, 12 shots come in the car, killing McElroy. Two, two hit him. Like 12 shots come through, two hit him, he's dead. 60 witnesses there. No one calls an ambulance. Two different shell casings were found at the scene. Trina identified one of the shooters. Um, no one ever backs it up. Yeah, right. No one ever backs it up. So Trina identified a guy called Del Clement. He is the D of D&G Bar. He's the bar owner. Um, there's a second shooter that she didn't see, but Del Clement, Del Clement was one of them that she said to, to Del. And, and, and on top of the general motivation, apparently every time McElroy would come to town and sit at the bar everyone else would stay home because they hated him. Yeah, right. So they were like, they would close the bar when he came to town. Yeah. And they were that is a hand killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah all- you need to pit this guy against Carrie Nation. <laughs> yeah, 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 she exactly. shows up with bricks and shit. <laughs> He's just harassing everyone. But he, he also stole horses from their farm. Yet there was so much motivation for it to be Dell. Yeah. Um, but Trina testified to the law enforcement, three separate grand juries that Dell was a shooter. None of the other witnesses, never on ever ever corroborated cracked said anything about it yeah he's a hero really There's never have enough evidence to charge him based just on her testimony and uh, no one ever even floated the idea of who the second person might be yeah um and so yeah that, that, that there was a guy who wrote the book um in broad daylight which is about this whole story this guy and he described uh del uh clement as a short man with a chip on his shoulder a hot temper wore a cowboy hat and drank heavily uh, he speculated that Dell fit every box about when the sh- one of the shooters. He was definitely present, had all the motivation. Yeah, um, I just need a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah I was gonna, I've got a photo of you in a cowboy hat. I was kind of like, this is like a, yeah. very familiar. But uh, years later, the author, because the author wrote this book, it sort of was a bit of a uh, true crime, uh, famous true crime book, and a lot of like, you know, any true crime, there's like the book or the movie, and then there's a whole fan base about speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all that, and everyone always talks about it. But um, apparently, Dell, you know. He lived um, until 2009, Dell, and uh, and Dell apparently um, was drinking at a bar one time nearby. And the author of that, the famous true crime book, walks in and he he found him, pointed him out, ran up to him and um, harassed him about all the untrue facts he said about him in the book, including. Um, that he was short. He seemed on the verge of throwing a punch until a friend stepped in. Oh man, that's um, rough. So Del Clement died 2009. Del could have had a MySpace account. Yeah, like, that's how yeah. recent this shit. Sure, is. Del, 2009, and he had a long, slow like like death. He had a lot of time to have a deathbed confession. Never once ever. Oh, I never admitted yeah. it. Yeah. Never admitted it ever. Yeah. And there's still Del's, about- Del's top friends on MySpace were all the people, the witnesses. <laughs> 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 Man, the yeah, thing is know. like, I feel like Kansas provides a, rich history for you guys to dip into yeah and the fact that i don't know any of these stories speaks to how much fucked up shit yeah 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 and that was you know literally like 
1981 yeah. was the 81 was the final his death. The July 10th 1981 was yeah. when he was shot. Whereas if any of this shit happened in Bendigo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be the Bendigo on. bully. There'd be a TV. It'd be underbelly series. Yeah. There'd be a whole mini yeah. series on it. It'd be Ned Kelly level. Yeah, yeah. it'd oh, be a big like statue of him <laughs> outside the town and going like this. There's a whole thing. I don't know how true it is, but in Texas, there's supposed to be that, or maybe it's not on the books anymore. But there used to be this whole thing. It was like the he needed killing law. That like yes, that's the defense. Like that, he needed killing. That right. was actually one of the quotes that the the town like. Because this author went around and talked to everyone, and everyone, no one will say it was this guy, but they were like, we all know what happened, yeah. and no one's admitting. No, no one one's trying to. Shit. There's no other theory of what happened, or or yeah. it's an unknown person. No one just will be on record. But one of the quotes from the town people was, "He needed killing. He Literally. needed killing. That's yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. that before. That's great. That's fucking insane. Yeah, that's cool, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, is there uh, if you, if there are so many so many stories about Kansas? Obviously, was there a big one going around in your area at the time? Uh, like huge controversies, yeah, yeah. or I mean, I guess you had the Westboro Baptist. That was big. And uh, do you know the Truman Capote in Cold Blood? That yeah. was yeah. close-ish to where I grew up oh, as okay. well. So there was that murder. There was, I mean, it's pretty grim, but the pool that was like the local suburban pool there was a, a killing there by the one of the lifeguards got killed in the in like the pool house whatever mm. and the, it was never solved and then you know that three billboards outside ebbing yeah. Missouri? Yeah. uh this similar ish to the case that inspired that movie whereas the case was never solved and then the parents put billboards up around the place saying the cops haven't done shit. Like someone please solve this crime. Mm -hmm. And it actually ev eventually led to the uh, resolution and the, the case being solved wow. and the oh, killer hey. killer being found. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, what about funny. like, you know, less grim, but like <laughs> contemporary, <laughs> like high Give school scandal. And you, did you go to high school there? Or like I did. Yeah. Yeah. I went to high school, uh, public school on the Kansas side. And I mean, was it American movie, the jock sitting there, then geeks, the skaters? Yeah, we were the skaters. So we were the degenerate, uh, you know, pothead, little rat bag pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the biggest, the thing is, is like everyone has this story of the teacher that ended up being a pedophile. It's like that, I feel like, is is every school everywhere. Um, uh, Some famous residents of Evelyn Park. Yeah, um, well, I mean, just comedy-wise, you mm. get Paul Rudd, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis Rob Mike, Riggle. Mike Goldstein. Mike Goldstein. <laughs> uh, uh, the best yeah. one of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Stone Street, does yeah. that name? He's the, uh, the bigger gay dude mm -hmm. on... Uh, mm -hmm. Modern Family, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. All yeah. From that. but I not actually a gay guy. So he was in Gay Face that whole. Oh time. man, uh, can't do that anymore. Stone straight, yeah. <laughs> straighten up that just, wrist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt's from the Missouri side. Okay, um, yeah, but a huge Chiefs fan. And did, yeah. did people like? Did this ever come up with? around was it like a point of pride that paul rudd grew up in overland park yeah or? and he's a similar age to my sister and he went to a rival high school okay. and um yeah he was just a theater dork yeah there, he's a know? mad yeah. isn't he a kansas city chiefs i yeah. saw like i saw some interview where they were like he um he said he remembers numbers i'm pretty sure it's the chiefs but it's the one of the local oh, teams. he's a huge fan yeah, yeah but he remembers he knows numbers like if he has to remember a number yeah um, he he'll in his mind he'll trick him by saying I've got to remember eighty eight he'll he'll 
think, okay, that's this player from the eighties or whatever. And then not Heil Hitler. The no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he more like Paul Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, yeah, but it was on some show where they're like, okay, what about seventy four? And he's like, that's Bill, whatever. He's and you just named every player's number from like this team, including like all the state. Like you know, there's four hundred players on yeah. the NFL team. So he's like hardcore, which I thought he would just be. A, that's, what, that's guy, something about know? American sports that always blows my mind is how like stats based a lot of people are yeah. and they remember these like specific plays and specific games, especially baseball, because I guess it's, it's a it's lot a of numbers. It's a form of autism. It, really? like, yeah. The only person I know like that in Australia is Goxie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, just, yeah. he knows yeah. every fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, the Kansas City Royals, the baseball team, were huge growing up. And uh, one of the players uh, lived like down the road from us, right? Mm. And they won the 1986 World Series. So I would have been four or five years old and we like made him a kansas city like royals congratulations cake my mom did whatever <laughs> and like you know put icing you know congratulations kansas yeah. city royals and we went after they won the world series like the next day we took it over to his house where these kids and you know this towering figure and he uh could not be more hungover <laughs> and hated us being there. <laughs> Which I didn't realize till years later. Yeah, I was just was. like, oh, he was just a real mean, terrifying <laughs> dude. It's like, no, he partied all night. Yeah. And then of there's these little shits on the doorstep. <laughs> and he's like a millionaire. He can buy a cake yeah. and then he's like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <he's> <laughs> way better. Yeah. It's just a cake. It's just a drink sweet idea. It's the most adorable <laughs> like, thing. Well, what do you do after someone wins the World Series? <laughs> oh, yeah. but you make him a cake, make him a cake. and bring it to his house. Better be early in the morning too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> yeah. And it was the 80s. He's trying to sleep off a Coke bender. Yeah. Should we ask the last yeah, couple, last two questions? Yeah. So, Mike, if someone says to you, I'm coming down to Overland Park for a whole day, 24 hours, what do I do morning, afternoon, night? Where do you tell them to go? What do you tell them to do? Oh, God. There's this thing where driving down... Metcalf Avenue was like a, a main avenue that kind of runs through the guts of Overland Park. And if you were at the top of it at nighttime, you could see something called the King of Kansas City, whereas all the streetlights would line up in such a way where it would look like a king sitting on a throne. Oh, but it absolutely did not. <laughs> and it was just everyone, every fucking high school dipshit on mushrooms, like tr yeah. invented this thing. Yeah. And then he would just back up traffic because you'd be sitting there tripping <laughs> at the top of the hill <laughs> trying to see the King of Metcalf. And the King of Metcalf, you could try to see it, but it's not really a thing. Uh, when I was back recently, and I loved this shit now i'm a big dork for pickleball like oh, the <laughs> fastest man. growing sport in the nation <laughs> yeah, I've heard. and they have bars in overland park that like uh it's like a giant square and then in the middle there's about 30 pickleball courts and it's just beer and fried chicken in the bar and then you just play pickleball and get fucked up so it's, that it's tennis unfit comes yeah right? and yeah, it's yeah. like a it solid like a bat dream. right it is a dream What's yeah it? like a solid bat like it's not a yeah. netted bat it's no, like a, more it's like, like a, a big ping pong ping pong yeah. Tail. oh man yeah. that sounds so fun yeah. yeah so i mean that's on there's uh i mean shitty museums everywhere there's and the bar is the barbecue there is like oh the best they're like Na nationwide the best, they, renowned, I right? I think Definitely. it's considered as well that Kansas City was the kind of an inventor or progenitor of burnt ends. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, I would say, yeah, go to Gates Barbecue. Uh, yeah, go to Jack Stack. There's, uh, it's was called Oklahoma Joe's, but then it was a barbecue place 
created in Kansas City for some reason called Oklahoma Joe's, but then the locals got very upset that it was called Oklahoma Joe's. <laughs> Let the Indian team be, you know, the Chiefs is fine, but we can't. Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. That's that. so insulting. Yeah, so I think it's just called Joe's now. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, so in, the barbecue. And we're Joe's. <laughs> exactly. The barbecue is, yeah, the best. The, the, it's known for jazz music in the city and stuff, so there's plenty of jazz cool. venues. That's Do they cool get shit. uppity about, like, if people like a Texas is the best barbecue? Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And the the fact that, you know, South Carolina argues they have the best stuff, but there's too much vinegar in their barbecue sauce. Mm. So, yeah, stay away from that. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, when I go back, it's I catch up with some of the people I grew up with. And then you go to a bar and you see the people that never left and you're like, this is very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, some bitch comes in and throws a brick around. Yeah. <laughs> this we rules. This. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Last one. Jamie, wait. Yeah. Uh, last one is, Mike, you've ascended to the highest highs of your career. You've achieved everything you ever wanted. You've taken over Andy's spot on the 100. That's yeah. right. It's the 100 of my goals. And it's, <laughs> and it's 1,000... Episodes of Phone Hacks. Yeah, You're the king of podcasting. That's right. Uh, the Jewish gigs are lining up <laughs> a lot to get you on there. I did a Jew gig uh, recently because Michael Schaefer has left Melbourne. And so uh, now I'm getting the... Uh, Jew number one. Yeah, <laughs> Jew number one. Not, not number Jew anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's not good to number Jews. Yeah, I did this a uh, weird Jew gig in Melbourne uh, the other week. And it was the worst setup I've ever seen in my life. Like all bright lights. Those tables where it Half the people have their back turned to you. Oh, great. And they just the oldest fucking Jews, you know. And then they had a roving magician that was doing <laughs> close-up magic. <laughs> and, and he was he was the highlight. He was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like people were on stage and he's legit pulling rabbits out of hats and shit. I'm like, dude, maybe wait till the, because there was other acts on, but it was bad. It was, oh, uh, the God. Jew gigs are tough. I must fly to London and drag Schaefer back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do all these again, <laughs> uh, So sorry, what was the question? Uh, yeah, you've ascended to the highest highs. If when all is said and done, would you settle down in Overland Park? Did you move back? E you yeah, just so I, my parents could raise my kids and I could, you know, enjoy life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be on the pickleball court. Oh, <laughs> and you know, look at the king of Metcalf, and then yeah. I'd be the king of the pickleball court. And, uh, I yeah, look, I, I honestly think it's probably a good place to raise a family and stuff mm -hmm. and it's not too you know crime at old or impoverished as a lot of america is at the moment uh and you know only one or two school shootings a month so. <laughs> oh, you can do with that yeah. and besides yeah. you finish school yeah it's for your mom and dad to worry about when they send your kids to yeah. school. it's their problem dude. Yeah. <laughs> i'm playing pickleball <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd go back and probably I'll end up, once all this goes tits up, you yeah. know, the, the show and the podcast, I'll move into my parents' basement again. So, Sweet. You know? Fuck yeah. yeah. Better Beautiful. ways to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> made, made the most depressing thing sound awesome. <laughs> like, wow, what a way to go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, if you're not across it already, the Phone Hacks podcast. Great podcast. You watch the 100 with Channel with channel 9. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With Andy Lee on Channel 9, Tuesday nights. I think that starts eventually. It's after the block. 
So, you know, fucking follow the blog. That demographic. We were following maths, and I think our ratings were much better. Yeah. And then you follow the block. I don't think it'll be as good. Yeah. But it's all people who just like fall asleep and leave their TVs on. So, (laughs) not not a lot of blockheads tuning in (laughs) to the hundred. I don't think so. Mm. Uh, And yeah, just comedy Mike Goldstein on socials. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. As always, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars would be lovely. We put the video on YouTube. Hit us up on social media with all your tips. We Um, love hearing about them. I got a fringe show, 14th, 17th, 18th, September. Um, Yeah, get around that. Tickets will be, yeah, just follow me on Instagram. What's the show called? Don't We Look Stupid. It's about me and Jamie. Naked. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a fun show, and uh, yeah, just follow Pod or follow me White Bait online on Insta, and I'll put links and shit like that. Sweet. We can awesome. chuck the link up on ours as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm nice to you guys, yeah, okay, that'll be really. <laughs> thanks Dicks a lot. Good luck. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it, right? Cool, cool. Yep. Thanks Thank so much, Mike. That was fun, man. Thanks for having we'll see me. You next week. Awesome. See you later. See you bye bye.